everybody. Welcome to another edition of the One Million by One Million podcast. Today I'm here with Alexander Ross from Illuminate Financial. Alexander, welcome to the show. Hello, and thank you, thank you very much for having me. So tell us a little bit about uh, your fund, your investing focus. Let's get to know one another. Let's our, uh, introduce you to our audience. Sure. So um, our fund's called Illuminate Financial. Um, we're a financial market technology-focused venture capital fund. Um, we saw a, a space in the market um, where we saw fantastic businesses um, coming out of banks, coming out of the financial markets, um, participants with very limited capital that really understood the nuances of this market. So mm-hmm. we went about uh, raising capital from financial markets participants, including IHS Market, Deutsche Börse, uh, along with a number of, uh, of uh, other institutions and senior capital markets executives. And the underlying aim is to you know, maximize our leverage into the financial markets ecosystem. How big is so, the fund? Um, that's not uh, currently public. Can you give us a ballpark? Is it a micro VC? Is it a large VC, mid-sized VC? What are we talking about? So we're, we're Series A, um, Series A and late seed focused. Um, we we write checks of between uh, initial uh, checks of between 500k dollars uh, up to sort of three three million uh, as an entry point. Um, we'll probably uh, make about uh, 11 to 15 investments uh, out of this, this fund, uh, and we reserve uh, about the same amount of capital uh, for our, each of our companies um, as uh, roughly as the, as the entry point check. If that, that and and your focus is specifically fintech? Yeah, so capital markets fintech. Effectively, it's fintech minus the B2B side of fintech. So we don't look at uh, B2C. We will look at some B2B2C businesses. Um, but you know, to give you an idea of some of the businesses in our portfolio, uh, one is a, a collateral management solution, uh, which is a big focus of the industry at the moment as more and more uh, derivative contracts are moved to, to being cleared uh, post the financial crisis um, through to uh, fixed income based trading platforms and connectivity platforms as the fixed income markets moved more to ele- being electronified. Happy and what to- about geography? So we're we're a we're a global uh, global fund. Um, we're based in London. We're just opening an office uh, in New York. Um, the reality is we're focused on the major capital markets hubs. So that's uh, New York, London, uh, Frankfurt, Singapore, Hong Kong. Okay. Um, tell us a bit about your portfolio companies, if you could. If- uh, illustrate all the things that you've said so far about what you're looking to invest in and so forth with some examples of companies that you have already invested in that would help us anchor this in real case studies. Uh, uh, absolutely. Um, so I'll just talk more broad, broadly first and then I'll come, uh, g- g- give, you, give you a few e- examples. So 
We believe that we are still at the early stages of a once-in-a-generation shift in financial markets infrastructure. Um, the shift to cloud, the application of new technologies, machine learning, um, blockchain. I don't want to play. Uh, I don't want to play buzzword bingo, but uh, you know the applications of those uh, technologies to these massive financial institutions that have huge amounts of data, huge amounts of technology spend. And we really believe there's an underlying tectonic shift uh, going on there. We think that the four, four the, sorry, the five, you know, key success criteria for these new technology providers are where they're focused on a number of either costs, so reductions of uh, of cost. You've got an industry average of. You know, 80% cost-income uh, ratios. You've got business, you know, large tier one banks with a return on equity of, you know, in the single digits. Um, so cost is clearly a, is clearly important. Um, compliance, um, the you know, the rate of uh, the cadence of new regulation that's being rolled out from uh, from you know Dodd Frank through to Mifid two more recently. Uh, and the, you know we don't you know we don't see that cadence slowing. So the you know ability to apply new solutions that provide that enable these large and complex uh, financial institutions to uh, to remain compliant across the many jurisdictions uh, in a cost-effective way is, is the second key criteria. Control uh, is a similar point to to, to, to compliance. Um, capital, you know, improved efficiency of capital is clearly, uh, um, clearly also a big focus uh, for these last these large institutions. And uh, and, and finally, the five, the fifth C is competitive advantage. So, you know, the last eight years, you know, the, the focus has been more on the negative math, you know, cutting costs, etc. But growth is still key. Competitive advantage is still key. So. That's another area that we, we focus on uh, as a fund. So, um, so, can we do some examples? Yeah, sorry. So, come, cut, 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 just, just, uh, just drawing breath there. Um, so, um, so, so, cloud margin, the cloud-based collateral management solution that I mentioned, um, cuts across uh, a number of those. So, um, compliance clearly because it enables the uh, the end users to monitor um, transactions, manage collateral messaging and movements more effectively. Um, cost. Uh, this solution is multi-tenanted SaaS-based solution, um, much cheaper to, depl uh, to, to 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 adopt uh, as a as an organisation, uh, much cheaper to manage. Um, you know there aren't these large professional services contracts for deployed solutions. The cost, um, the cost um, comparison we see to the incumbents um, that are all deployed is a, a tenth uh, of the price, which is obviously very significant. Um, so compliance and cost are, are, are the two, uh, and capital are the three uh, are the three components that that particular solution touches on. Okay. Um, another example would be uh, Privatar. So that's um, a business that 
sits at the intersection between uh, big data and uh, and and cybersecurity. So um, the the new um, generation of data infrastructure, um, Privatar sits, I guess, on the on the top of that stack and and it enables. Um, differential privacy to to the to the to the end user now what what does that mean so if i have very sensitive data sets um across my organization and i'm worried about uh, gdpr um risks this business will enable me to manage those risks but at the same time be able to surface the insights from those sensitive data sets um, to the business analysts and, uh, and extract that business intelligence. So it masks and tokenizes the underlying data. It can either do that in a static way or, or, or a dynamic way. So it either can publish the underlying data set uh, in a way that uh, you know, aggregates the underlying data up to you know, a point of granularity where it's then difficult to reverse out the, you know, or identify any individuals or on a dynamic basis, as you make a query, it can, uh, it can add noise to the data set uh, in a way that prevents you from identifying uh, individuals' data. Um, they recently um, signed a contract, a very significant contract, with uh, NHS, which is the UK's National Health Service, to manage across all of the entities the masking uh, of data so that it can then, you know, be used in a uh, in a way that doesn't risk uh, exposing per, uh, individuals' data. Um, that, you know, that uh, that was a solution where we saw, you know, it wasn't specifically capital markets focused, but saw a huge um, application potential within capital markets, and we've helped them to to zero in on that opportunity alongside. The other opportunities they were focused on in telecoms and healthcare. Okay. Now, what um, what is the source of your deal flow? Are you seeing a lot of people from the finance industry starting up companies? Uh, absolutely. So our our, um, our deal, deal flow is, is is somewhat fortunate in that we were one of the first. Uh, well, we were the first capital markets focused VC fund out there and over the last three years have you know given the, fo- the, the, the niche focus of the fund um, the name has, has, has the brand has become stronger and people sort of refer uh, quite a lot of opportunities to us so we get a lot of uh, a lot of inbound one of the one of the components of the fund that I didn't mention earlier is our strategic uh, bank partnership so this is a more of an advisory relationship, partly driven by the fact that banks um, tend to not be able to invest in private funds post Dodd Frank, uh, post the Dodd Frank regulations. But uh-huh. effectively, we get paid a small retainer to uh, to share our, our pipeline with uh, a number of uh, tier one and tier two banks. Uh-huh. Um, Primarily from an adoption perspective, so we kiss we kiss the frogs as part of our uh, in investment process, and then you know we'll go to the budget holders and the problem problem owners within the banks and say these are the three or four 
solutions you should be looking at for you know fixed income electronification or uh, research distribution post MIFID two or um, alternative data uh, and so on and, and so forth. Um, what and these are banks in the UK, banks in New York. Which which banks? What kind of banks are we talking about, and what's what these, size? These are tier one and tier two European and US banks. Okay. Okay. Um, um, the, uh, and just to, to to finish up on your question, so um, what we find is that given that every company that speaks to us. Um, will likely get an introduction to to one of our bank partners if they're relevant or one of our strategic investors that I mentioned earlier um, or any other um, node within the financial markets ecosystem um, we find that a lot of increasingly num increasing number of uh, companies actually want to remain engaged with us speak to us and refer companies to us so back 70 to, I haven't checked the number recently, but about 70 to 80% of our uh, pipeline is inbound at the moment across our strategic investors, our strategic bank partners, uh, mm -hmm. some of our portfolio companies, um, and, and then the rest comes from conferences, outbound, um, outbound um, uh, um, theme-based outreach. Okay. And um, what... What do you see as the core trends emerging from the fintech, B two B fintech space? How would you summarize or synthesize that? Yeah, wow, that's a that's a really tough question. Um, so we we tend to be focused on 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 problems. Um, you know, we're business solution investors versus technology focused investors. So we tend to shy away from technologies looking for for a problem, uh, and and focus on you know where the solution has been built, and we then you know of course we're excited about the underlying technology if it's a blockchain based solution or DLC based solution or whether they're leveraging uh, machine learning or, or, or cloud. So you know. Regulation definitely um, has some interesting themes to it. Uh, nothing drives uh, nothing drives adoption like a regulatory gun to the head. So you know, MIFID two best execution through to research unbundling um, uh, through to trade reporting. You know, those were things that we we've looked at um, more broadly. I think. Um, some of the areas that excite me are um, the application of more effective uh, anti-money laundering um, mm -hmm. d detection, uh, and that is often leveraging uh, AI and machine learning. Um, alternative data, which I mentioned earlier, so that's um, in effect surfacing interesting data sets um, and chat, you know, normalizing them, standardizing them, and serving them up to um, financial markets participants in a way that they can extract insight, actionable insights from that data. So that could be credit card data, it could be geo, uh, yep. it could be satellite data, it could be, um, you know, it could be airline, um, it, sorry, it could be um, 
uh, airline ticket price data that's scraped off uh, off the web. I mean, the, the applications are, are the, the, the data sources are are, are enormous. Mm-hmm. Um, KYC uh, is definitely another focus. I think, unfortunately, that term gets banded around quite a lot, and people lose, you know, don't focus in on what specifically people are trying to solve there. But generally. Um, onboarding of new corporate clients or new um, new businesses, uh, onboarding new clients and, and maintaining that um, as a large bank uh, is very expensive and you know there's a significant amount of liability. So again, there's a big gap uh, in the market there. Um, securitization, the securitization world um, is is waking up post the financial uh, crisis and you know I think one of the reasons uh, for for that you know for the financial crisis is people just didn't know what were in these underlying in, it, what assets were in these instruments um, so providing transparency um, down to the you know asset level or loan level within these securities uh, is uh, is another space that uh, I think is very important. You know, the amount of data consumers are willing to give up, uh, you know, for <clears throat> in order to to get a, a loan, a student loan or a, an unsecured loan. Um, that data, you know, if it's managed uh, effectively and the privacy is is carefully managed, you know, you can then price that risk, that 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 uh, loan risk more effectively. Um, and maintain, you know, the transparency all the way through to the end buyer of the security of what the underlying assets are, and I really, I really think that uh, that will, you know, provide a much cleaner and uh, more effective capital market. Yeah, and um, what about cybersecurity? I mean, the finance market is one of the biggest targets for, um, you know, security issues, and the security. Protection requirements are significantly higher and, and in some cases, more uh, real-time, of, of a more real-time nature. How do you view those investment opportunities? Yeah, I, we've seen a, a number of, um, a, a, of solutions in this space. We don't profess to be cybersecurity experts and, uh, you know, some previous uh, previous alumni of our, our fund have gone on uh, successfully to cybersecurity focused funds you know i'm a i'm a strong believer in sector focus for you know smaller vc funds i think there is domain knowledge and ecosystem uh, uh, um, experience and understanding um, there and i think you know cybersecurity is a very deep and complex uh, problem um, we will look at it where it's specifically relevant to, you know, financial markets. But very often these cybersecurity applications across, you know, are relevant across many markets. So we're not experts in cybersecurity, um, and so we haven't made any investments there. But we do. Got it. Do. That makes sense. Cybersecurity is very specialized, and it's uh, without core expertise, core domain expertise, it's not easy to invest in cybersecurity. Yeah. Okay, very good. Alexander, that was a very uh, um, precise and, and uh, crisp uh, description of what your interest area is, and uh, we will uh, 
you know, as as opportunities arise, I'm sure we'll uh, connect back and and see what uh, what we can do together. Thank you for sharing your thoughts. Very much. Looking forward to it. Thank you. And thank you, audience, for listening today. We will uh, continue our conversations with another session soon. And in the meantime, also, please come by to the website, 1mby1m.com. Check out what resources you need, especially the free roundtables every week where you can bring your projects and we can work on, um, on your project strategy and your um, you know, business strategy, your roadblocks, and so forth. Those are working sessions. So go to the website. Go to the free public roundtable page and register to pitch or attend, and we'll see you soon. Thank you. Bye-bye.